0: Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, a.k.a. TV Calling. And today we are on the road, or I'm on the road, uh, back from Comic-Con. Nick Watson is AWOL because he's dealing with super serious visa issues back in Vancouver. Uh, Is he going to make it, do you think?
1: I don't know. Yeah. You don't
0: know? know? Uh, And that voice was uh, Maggie Herman, who is currently driving. Thankfully, I'm not driving. Otherwise, it would be a very problematic podcast
1: might crash but, but yeah it'll be recorded for insurance purposes
0: yeah hopefully the insurance people will won't have to listen to this whole thing uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty we'll bad skip
2: right
0: to it skip yeah. right to it and then in the back seat uh who do we have
2: it's chelsea taggerson crane yeah. yep. yep
0: that's it that's it that's what, what's shout out to uh twitter what's your twitter
2: um at chelsea tc you should follow me
0: yeah. What about you, Maggie? What's your Twitter?
2: Don't actually know. <laughs>
0: Don't, <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, no, really?
1: Self-promotion, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. And we just almost died behind a fiat. Uh, <laughs> so we're on the road. So it's a bit late in the podcast to say this, but uh, if you uh, hear uh, background noise that is really annoying to you, then uh, I apologize. I that apologize. is. Fix and post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Ho- hopefully. If not, shame on me. Yep. But we're on the I-5 right now, stuck in traffic. Uh, ETA is like two hours now. <laughs> And and that's why we're procrastinating by doing this podcast on the road. Yep. Uh, but the reason we're actually doing this podcast is because Maggie here is the assistant to the line producer of the Amazon series Bosch, yes, I am. right? Yeah. So, can you just explain in like one word or less or like more than one word hopefully. Uh <laughs> word <laughs> <or> less. <laughs> less. Yeah, no word exactly. <laughs> half word, <laughs> a half word, a half word. Uh, what uh, what is it that you actually do on your day to day?
1: Coffee. Okay. <laughs> uh, coffee. Wow. <laughs> no. um, so, so he's actually the executive producer. Um, he last season was the co-executive producer, and they've um, they've bumped him up. But yeah, so he is an EP and a line producer. Um, he definitely has more creative input than than a normal line producer.
0: So, uh, how was your comic con, uh, Maggie? It
1: was great. It was my first time ever. Uh, I have been to two other cons before, WonderCon this year, and then I went to New York Comic-Con back in the day with my mother.
0: With your mother? uh, How does Comic-Con San Diego edition uh, compare to those two? It's
1: completely different. It's like a thousand times bigger and actual people that you'd want to see.
0: um, Ooh, burn. Burn burn to the WonderCon people that, uh, oh boy. (laughs) And uh, any interesting panels or events that you uh, attended or whatever?
1: I attended zero panels, um, wow. did not plan ahead, uh, no, me and Chelsea were just like, let's just go and walk the streets and see the cosplayers and mainly focused on like the parties at night.
0: Mainly parties, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, in fact, I'm also, I'm sitting here with a sprained ankle, in fact. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. He, he went hard on the dance floor.
0: I, d- I did that yeah. That
1: ghostbuster scene came on and just like just out yeah.
0: <laughs> I was out. Uh, so what was the best uh, costume that you uh, you've seen?
1: I was so excited to see Spider Jerusalem from Transmetropolitan, which is one of my favorite comic book series, um, and it was a lady.
0: The deep cut reference.
1: Deep cut yeah. That that book is like 20 years old, and everyone should read it, and it's fantastic. Actually, it's very um. Ominous about the election because there there's a subplot about um, mm. politicians called like the Smiler and like they're uh, it. it it's,
0: Are you saying yeah. uh, this book predict- predicted uh, Trump? Much,
1: yeah, like 100%. a hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. So there's a guy with like a red truck hat, yeah. trucker hat. Uh, yeah. Man, I gotta read that comic. Uh, how about you, Chelsea? Any interesting costumes?
2: Um, I loved seeing all of the little girls dressed as Ray. It was awesome. And just like basically kids in cosplay because I have to wonder, like, how into it are they really or are their parents forcing them to do it? (laughs) But yeah, that was great.
0: So hopefully all the Rays are purposefully (laughs) dressed as Rays and not forced into it.
1: I love the dog cosplay Uh, too. Because they they have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Wonder Woman pug, do you know what's happening? Wonder Woman pug was great.
0: What about uh, Superman's dog? Wow, Wow. okay. Uh, I forgot his name. Like, Superman has like a super dog. I feel I'm, like that's
1: a Reed Ackerman thing. We're missing Reed. That's Reed
0: Ackerman. Uh, shout out shout to Reed. Out. Could you just explain real quick what a line producer does?
1: Sure. Um, so basically, they're they're the boss. They're the person who hires everyone, um, negotiates every deal. Um, every person that's on the show is hired by him. He signs off on all of the schedules and budgets. Um, yeah, he, he's really the person who puts the puzzle together.
0: Is he the showrunner's boss?
1: No, the showrunner's definitely his boss. Um, but he he's the person... Oh,
0: oh, her, come on, come on, let's be uh- Or she,
1: yeah, yeah. In this case, um, it's Eric Overmeyer. Um, he's awesome. He worked on, like, Law and & Order and The Wire and um, Treme. Um, he's awesome. Um, but no, the showrunner's definitely above the line producer... But yeah, so my job in particular, um, I've only been at it for like seven weeks where we start shooting on Thursday. Ooh. Very exciting. Um, but my my job is basically just to like inform my boss of everything and keep his, I keep his calendar, not just like his day-to-day calendar, but like the calendar of our shooting schedule. So um, every time like a new version of the script comes out, a new one liner comes out which we will get to all of these terms but um basically and then i have to like put post-its on his wall of of you know like interior hollywood station you know scene whatever
0: is it is it like physically on like a, a yeah. whiteboard?
1: It's actually um, all post-it notes. I've gotten really good at printing post-it notes. Um, Pr-
0: printing? How yes. do you how how do you oh print post-it gosh. notes?
1: Uh, you ask the art department PA to make you a uh, a template, and then yeah, you just like put the te- put the post-it notes on a paper and you print it I don't know shout out to Julia Dills who I replaced in this position who taught me how to do that so
0: damn Um, so you were saying it's on it's on like a board every every scene is that right?
1: every scene um, yeah and then what he likes is like every location and he uses different colors to mean different things so like interior day is white interior night is green exterior day is yellow exterior night is blue so every single scene has a different color and...
0: Uh, yeah, is it? So it's only, quote-unquote, only four different colors for interior and exterior also, and day and night?
1: Well, there's also there's also pink, which is like either sunset or like morning. But, um, but there's also on the same calendar, we keep track of when all the directors start prep and start shooting. We also keep track of all the post dates. So um, whenever post-production starts in November, I believe, or no. Actually, it starts exactly when we start shooting, but um, we start exclusively post in November. But yeah, like whenever the editor's cut is due, the director's cut is due, the Amazon cut is due, um, and then when the, we get like the locked episodes, um, so I have to keep track of that too. And then I have to, you know, find other colors besides right. all of those. Co- I, I've
0: you've seen the whole rainbow. So wait, the post-it notes are not just for the actual scenes, but also oh, the, co- yeah. the color for the schedule. You're saying. Oh, interesting. I mean, I know for, uh, on the TV running side, we were talking in a previous episode about outlining yeah. and how, um, visually, uh, a writer's room breaks with, you know, index cards Storylines. on the board mm-hmm. and the index cards, uh, oftentimes will be, uh, color-coded yep. based on the ABC stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you're saying is basically this the same thing happening with you guys, Very except nice. it's not based on the story as much as the, the location, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like how much lighting we will need to, to figure out, um, yeah, I sit actually right in between my boss and the writer's room. So I see everything that goes on those boards. Um, I know the murder at the end of the season.
0: Wow. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. So you, you, have you seen like the board in the room of Bosch? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, they, like, they line it out based on episodes. Mm-hmm. And they're all, what you said was like, the you know, the A, B, and C story. I think like the A story is always Bosch. And then like the B story is usually like um, either his partner or like, see, um, Lieutenant Billets, um, or, and then each, each also we have like multiple crimes happening at the same time. So there's like multiple threads of story right. and, and it's broken down pretty much like based on each crime investigation.
0: So the scenes that you see uh, being broken down in the room versus the scenes you will be working yeah. with. Are we ta- like how granular are the scenes? Are we talking like yeah. down to the expositionary shot of the of the house or whatever? I
1: about? I don't really know. Um, yeah. Probably not. I don't know. I get like the beat sheets, like which I'm sure is like you know the post like the their index cards are like pretty pretty um, broad, and then like the beat sheets are like a little bit more specific, and then like the s- scripts are actually you know right. the scripts.
0: But So the, the post-it notes that you work with, uh, with the color-coder, are we talking, again, is it is it at that granular that it is literally, yeah. like, it's basically based on every slug line?
1: Yeah, it's always, like, you know, I'll, I'll make, like, an exterior, like, exterior El Compadre establishing shot. Like, that would be like day yellow or something you know like yeah right and is
0: it uh on the board is it kind of like is there like some kind of um uh like table that uh tells you like how long this scene is gonna take or is it just Um, kind of like a
1: no they they would break that down in the timed one-liner um which we actually haven't gotten any of those yet um even though we start shooting on thursday um but so, wait,
0: real quick, could you define what a one liner is? So,
1: one liner is um, the shooting schedule where it has all of these slug lines, but once you start breaking down a script and you see, for instance, we're at the Hollywood police station for three days in a row, we take all of the slug lines that have to do with you know, interior Hollywood station and we put them all on the same you know in the same section so like when you're reading the one-liner it's like it'll say like you know interior hollywood station page numbers like so the page amount would be like three eighths or like two eighths or something like that and then it would say who's in the actual scene and all the characters are given numbers so like Bosch is number one j edgars is number two lieutenant bills is number three like all these people and then you know all the bit actors are like number 99 or whatever and then it would that's, say, a, that's
0: a burn on the uh on the background know, right? actors wow <laughs>
1: And then it would say specifically, like very shorthand, like what's going on in the scene, like Bosch tells J. Edgar about whatever. So it's basically all of those in one schedule, and it's also broken down by day. So, like for instance, on Thursday we're shooting at we start at um, or no Thursday is the production sh- pre-production shoot where we're shooting all of the scenes with um, Bosch and his daughter Maddie. And she's, like, driving a car or something. So it's all of those scenes in one. But then at the end of that, on the one-liner, it would say day number one and whatever, Thursday.
0: How, how far into the, the writing are we talking? Like, did you guys have access to, like, basically all the scripts at this point? So Is everything written before no, you shoot?
1: No. Um, right now we have, I think we have through five fully written. And then we have six and seven beat sheets which those will definitely be done and written by the end of this week, probably. And then 8, 9, and 10 um, will be written. Uh, Michael Connelly is actually writing the, the finale, um, which is going to be awesome. Um, but no, so we, we won't have everything written, but we'll have a general idea. Like, my boss knows exactly, like, what pretty much is going to happen in those so we're not like surprised. We don't have to like find a crazy location last minute.
0: So do you guys, prep starting with the beat sheets that you get from the writers, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure like those obviously will go through a lot of changes as mm-hmm. the season uh, progresses yeah. and as the, like, the network gives like notes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you guys deal with that?
1: Yeah, well, a lot of them have to do with, like, uh, what locations are available when. So, like, the Bosch house that we film at is actually someone's house. Like, someone lives there. So, like, we have to tell him, like, we want to shoot on a Thursday and a Friday. Like, please don't be there. And <laughs> sometimes, like, they don't like that, um, which I understand. And, like, for instance, we're, we're, we're shooting at Amoeba Records, and we have to shut down their whole store for a wow. certain number of hours. And, like, if they're going to have, like, an event or, like, a release or something like that, like, they don't want to do that. So
0: I take it that, uh, so you guys shut down when, like, Adele released her new CDs? That would happen? Definitely.
1: Yeah, we were like, don't worry about it. Forget Adele, Bosh shooting.
0: Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think they shut down the whole like Hollywood Boulevard just for that. Exactly. That's cool. And so, um, yeah. how do you gauge the like length of scenes? Because you were saying so on that on that one liner yeah. you have the slug line, and then the amount of like page real estate yeah. based on every scene, right? Yeah. Uh, so how does that work?
1: Well, so when you first get a script, you you look at it at based on eighths. So um, if, a, if a scene is like a full page, it would be, you know, a full page, and then it would be wherever it stops, it's like one and three-eighths or something. That would be a really long scene. Um, like an establishing shot is always like one-eighth. Um, if it's just like a little, you know, two-line two thing or something, it would be, you know, you...
0: you so it's basically... It's like I fold the page. Oh, you you physically yeah. fold pages. Fold
1: the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I did this the shooting script, um, shooting schedule for um three o three, and uh, yeah, I was like wrong a lot of the time. Like unless wow. I like physically, yeah, because you need to have the number of eighths line up with how many pages are actually in the script. And so I was like, wait a second, I'm missing like three-eighths of a page. Where did that go? So I had to go back and physically like fold every single page. Oh,
0: I, thought, I thought you meant um, you had to go back to college and figure out arithmetic and that's yeah. where you basically what happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. Happen. are hard. Every time I write two-eighths, I'm like, this is infuriating because I really want to simplify this. <laughs> one, one quarter? Right? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, this is not two-eighths, <laughs> it's a quarter page. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you would you would you would do it like that. Um, that's pretty much the first step when you're when you're scheduling, and then you start moving it around based on what location you're using. You know, like you don't want to we don't want to go back to the Bosch house again and again. We want to do all of the scenes that are at the Bosch house in the same day. So you need to have like a first AD who knows that who can put all of them together.
0: Is there a rule of thumb in terms of what like one eighth represents time-wise? either like after editing and or like during production and shooting like what does that represent
1: well so if you think about it though like an eighth of a page could be like um like daredevil struggles with the villain or something like that's an eighth of a page but that could be like 40 minutes of like fighting like that you know there's no real rule of thumb it could also just be like an establishing shot which takes like five seconds
0: so, so hold on, so is it just, what is the point of the, the 8 then? Is it just a divide for the one-liners or yeah, is it, uh, so there's yes. no there's no correlation between, you know, like the, the length of a scene and the...
1: Uh, no, they, they, that's why they have like the timed one-liners where they, they will establish, like usually with the director and the DP, like they'll establish how much time it'll set up. Because when you're talking about like um, interior hollywood station like it's usually the same lighting every time those are those are gonna be really quick scenes to set up but if you're talking about like you know a driving shot or like something at sunset or some sort of like specific time
0: like right now right (laughs)
1: this yeah this is the golden hour by the way Um, um if you're if you're like gonna take a long time setting up like if it's the first scene or something like that's going to be a long time of prep um, so you know, an eighth of a page could take an hour of setup. Yeah, it depends.
0: Earlier, you were mentioning determining that that like that length of uh, of production or like shooting how long it's gonna take to like take this like exterior, exterior shot, how long yeah. it's gonna take to like shoot that interior uh, scene. How do you actually determine that?
1: I mean, that would be up to the director and the DP, um, the cinematographer, the DP. Um, uh, I don't know. It's up to them. <laughs> I don't. I don't right. know. I mean,
0: about that. do you? Do you? Um. I mean, because you you prep the obviously the budget. What? What's that? <laughs>
1: There's a horse truck over there.
0: <laughs> There's a horse <laughs> truck. Makoto um, Farm. <laughs> um,
1: <anyway>, um,
0: <laughs> the mic doesn't quite pick the uh, <laughs> pick the sound of the horse noises, but. Um,
1: what I was actually going to remind myself to talk about, you were talking about um, when we go through revisions, like you were talking about like um, locations sometimes change based on right. revisions. Like, for instance, like we, we got a script revision um, the other week where they added a location. Um, so we had to go to the locations person and say, like, you know, we're going to add this whole thing and then also go to, like, the person who budgets it and say, we're going to add this whole thing and then get a new budget. And um, whenever you... I'm sure that you talked about like script revisions when, you know, you have to replace all your pages and, and,
0: sure. um, like are you talk about like the blue, like blue, green, yeah, gold, golden yeah, rod, the Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, pink.
1: yeah. Full yellow. Yeah. All those. Yeah. Second blue or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have very colorful scripts now because we've gone through like 10 revisions of just 301. Um, but sometimes they, when they revise, um, a script, like, you'll lose, um, an actor or something who you had previously booked in that scene where, like, if you had made a deal, you would still have to pay them. Even though, like, the writer revised it, like, you would still have to pay that actor. Wow. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, um... new shows? Yeah, where, you know, the actors and the writers and the producer, like, all have to figure out, like... You know, if I cut this line, they get less screen time. Therefore, they're like not a day player anymore. They're top of show, or like something like that. Um,
0: so, how do these kinds of like conversations go? Is it is it just in the writers' room? Is it like the line producer is on call and to discuss those kinds of problems?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's usually like during the day when we're all there. But like right now, for instance, we're casting all of these parts for um, episodes one through three and making all of the deals and. Um, What my boss had me do the other day was go through all of the scripts and see exactly when this one actor is working so that I can see, you know, how many days they're working out of all of the shooting days, how many days they're on hold, and then, like, if there's any, like, holidays or something, because that determines if we pay them a certain rate. So, like, if a person is just in one scene, you would pay them a day player rate If a person is in multiple scenes where you would want to pay them like a weekly rate um, you could do that or there's also something called top of show which is when you basically have them have this actor like they call it you own an actor for a certain amount of time and so top of show is like you own them for that whole episode so you can schedule them at any point and so, so, like, th- so
0: they are they like on call basically?
1: Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you own them, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> and, can, can they also do my dishes when I'm uh, at yeah, home? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. You own them, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but but basically, what happened was like this one detective or I guess officer or something is now instead of just being like a um, a day player where he he would be like you know. A person at the end of the credits, he is working so much that he's going to be called top of show, which is it's based on the fact that their their credit is at the first part of the episode. You know where it's like before they get to like the producers or whatever. Those those actors. So
0: stage, are we are we talking right, like like guest starring? Are we talking
1: exactly? Right. Yeah 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 yeah. So top of show. But yeah, like that's a huge um, like bump for this dude's career and like all because of me.
0: Well, because of you and this and this <laughs> because
1: I like made up his schedule,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh shout out to dude. Shout out <laughs> to, yeah. to dude. Yeah, to be uh, named later. See to, to be named later. Yeah. Um You'll but so how does that like salary breakdown compare when oh hold on we are hold changing on. lane. We may die, hold on. Um, uh actually the,
1: he be a cop. He's just an intimidating looking dude. I don't, I don't wanna be in front of
0: that guy. I, we did not die guys. Uh, it's, not. it's it's all good. So yeah, just to go back to the salary portion of it. So how does it break down in terms of um, the portion of your budget that will go um, to like the main actors versus the guest stars and all those kinds of uh, people? Um,
1: So those those people, like the the main actors, usually have quotes where we pay we all we pay all the main actors usually um, episodically um, instead of weekly or anything Um, and like now we're in season three so their quote has been raised every every season i'm pretty sure so we would pay those people and then we pay all the other actors but as far as like a budget breakdown i don't really know like exactly what portion it is but it's all considered above the line and above the line means it's all the actors it's all the writers directors and producers and then everyone else is below the line
0: so the so the series regulars would be considered right. above, yes. but the guest stars would not, correct?
1: Um, I think that all actors are considered all above actors. the line. I also that might be a lie. I'm not really sure.
0: Um, <laughs> please fact uh, check this podcast. Yeah, yeah,
1: please fact check. Yeah, I don't actually know everything. I'm not actually a line producer. Um, but uh, but everyone else is below the line. So that's like, you know, the cinematographer, the editor, the production designer, um, the costume designer, like the uh, I don't know everyone else. PAs like I'm, and I know that you wanted to determine like the difference between the line producer and the UPM, the unit production manager. So sometimes um, they're actually combined into one person's job. So they would, yeah, they're a a combo line producer and UPM. But one one of our our producers told me basically that you would determine like the line producer manages up, and the UPM manages down.
0: Uh, Hold on, okay, (laughs) What what is a UPM?
1: Unit Production Manager? Yeah. Um, so, so like a line producer manages up so like above the line so they manage the writers, the actors, the directors and then the UPM manages like you know, the lead man and like the set dresser and the electrician like all the people below the line if they have problems they go to the UPM versus like if an actor is having a meltdown in their trailer and they're refusing to come out that would be a line producer thing That's that's that would be like their assistant thing but whatever
0: and that's a big issue with UPN, <laughs> right? Uh, the network um,
1: yeah, but yeah, so that's so that's who they are, and then sometimes they're a combo, and that's a huge job where you're managing literally every aspect, and the line producer also does UPM duties and you know like oversees everything, so it's not like it's completely separate.
0: How would you define like the relationship between the showrunner and kind of the line producer? Uh, how does that work exactly?
1: Um, well, on my show, they're 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 very tight. They both sign off on everything. So like we'll get emails from casting and if the showrunner says, "Yes, I like this person for this this role," like the line producer has to make the deal for that actor. So like if they're too expensive or something, they just let the showrunner know that and then the showrunner will either say okay or no, but usually whatever the showrunner says goes. I mean, on our show it's very much a team effort between the two of them they're they're very much like one in the same sort of the showrunner says something and then the line producer makes it happen pretty much also
0: you guys are in the same building so it must be really easy to communicate
1: yeah the showrunner yeah is in the writer's room so yeah i sit in the middle of everyone
0: Ooh, you got access to all the people
1: i do i i have eavesdropping privileges on everything um it's actually really great and also whenever they get coffee
0: i get coffee so so uh, who dies at the end
1: who dies at the end? Um, lots of people. You will see. Um, it's actually gonna be a really good season. There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of personal stuff going on for Bosch too.
0: It's awesome. Uh, I don't wait, know if you watch Bosch. Uh, mm, Are mm,
1: you gonna lie or tell the truth?
0: I've seen the pilot. Cool.
1: So <laughs> no, but basically, like last season, Bosch um, solved his mother's murder from like the seventies. So like he he's got some new stuff happening in his life. Um, and then, like w- one of the um, commander or something, his son was killed. Like dealing with that, um, and then there's two new, like kind of like big bads um, this season, um, and they're kind of interconnected. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's really good. We have a lot. We have a few like new writers too. I think they changed showrunners because the the showrunners from last year, I think, went to Chicago Med. If I'm not I'm sure, or not mistaken
0: uh, and just to, like jump back on the kind of like that relationship um what happens in terms of notes like who gives notes to whom uh are we is their network uh, involved production company like what, how does that work um,
1: so uh very unique to amazon and my job i don't i have never scheduled a notes call ever so <laughs> i don't i don't actually know i know that my boss t- regularly talks to one of the VPs of production at Amazon about like, you know, budgeting and scheduling. But I actually don't know, just because I'm not the writer's PA, like how many, how many notes are going back and forth. Um, with Amazon, it's very much like Netflix, where they really just give an, an artist uh, their creative freedom. So like, it's Michael Connelly, like he's gonna, you know, he's gonna influence it so that, you know, his, his stories are um, very truthful to, to his original books. And then Eric Overmeyer is, like, a genius at translating those books. I don't really know how much input... um Right. Amazon like, has. What,
0: but what it's about the kind of the production side, or like the line producing side? Like, are there is are, are, like do notes exist on that end, or like are we? Is there like any involvement from um, that side?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, um, my boss is he's also an executive producer, so he does have creative notes, um, which is very unique to his position because line producers don't usually give creative notes at all. The most like creative they really get to be is like, you know, when can we shoot this? When can we schedule this? They have like creative mm, they have like decision making over how much money you give to certain departments so like for example um like you would allocate a certain amount to production design to make it look really good or like you would you would allocate more money to the visual effects to make it you know like if you're on a sci-fi show like to make it look really good so they have like kind of creative input i don't really know right
0: but so um, it's it's kind of like the line producer's discretion to do yeah, those kinds of elements and there's
1: also there's also certain factors where for instance on a show that by the way I should probably say that I used to work at a below the line agency so we had a lot of line producers on our roster so I would deal with them all the time every day and their problems were really interesting to to hear about and for instance like this one show this comedy takes place basically like after the apocalypse and basically to shoot something with very minimal people in the background and like no cars and everything, you have to rent out like a cul-de-sac, an entire cul-de-sac. And since you're shooting so much on that one location, it becomes incredibly expensive to like, you know, pay these people who live there to like vacate for however many days. And so instead of doing that, this producer basically realized that What's much cheaper and looks pretty much the same is green screen. And so instead of doing, you know, instead of like renting out this cul-de-sac and spending all that money, he said, We're just gonna do these on the green screen. And because you you can't tell at all, you know, it'll look fine. And so what happened was like everyone at the network signed off on it and everything, and they thought it was a great idea. And then the people who originally were, you know, the executive producers rather than the line producer, they hated it. They thought it looked awful. Right. They basically vetoed it, and then he wasn't allowed to come back to the show.
0: Wow. So sometimes, even if you've saved money, that's not yeah. a good thing.
1: No, not at all, apparently. I mean, for certain executive producers, like, they have such clout that, like, if if they say no to something, then it it's a no. And even though this this producer saved them, you know, millions of dollars, and it looked fine, I didn't notice at all. No one noticed. He wasn't asked back to the show. This the next season.
0: So, uh, how, how does that happen in terms of like the budget? Like, so let's say the 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 EPs, the showrunners are like, no, we're still gonna shoot like on location, mm-hmm. etc. Right. Uh, so does the network yeah. is just like I guess that's fine.
1: Well, sometimes the network is like no, like yeah. no, that that's ridiculous. Like we're the network. Well, it's also it's it's also not just the network. It's the studio too. Sometimes they're the same, like ABC, ABC Studios, but like for instance um, like fox like isn't going to give you you know a blank check to shoot your show they, they they run on ad sales so like if you don't balance out the amount of money that you're spending with the amount of ad dollars you're making like why even have that show
0: right <laughs> so
1: besides like maybe it's like an ad, like a um an award Kind of show
0: oh. have you have you heard any like stories of like the breaking point between like a, a oh, network yeah. or like like uh, oh. that side and the, the writers who wanted more than mm-hmm. they could get
1: this is why like stuff is stuck in quote unquote development hell a long time like a lot of the time is like um, studios will hire line producers just to do what's called a board and budget so mm-hmm. they'll give them a script and they'll just tell them to break it down like a rough estimate of, of how much it would be per episode per season which are two different budgets and basically based on those numbers, they would say, you know, is it, is it going to be worth it? They, you know, they crunch all the numbers and they say, are we actually going to give this a green light or are we just going to either send it back to development where it'll maybe become cheaper, you know, change some stuff um, or are we going to green light it? Um, So for instance, like um, I know that, uh, I know that spike T V is trying to get into um, original programming and, a lot of their stuff, like I know that they had Red Mars for a while. That has been stuck in in development forever. They at one point they did greenlight it, and it, it turned out to be so expensive that um, they just kept deciding and deciding, and eventually the showrunner just walked away.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, it's uh, definitely the kind of uh, a show that requires a big budget.
1: I mean, yeah, you're like on Mars, and they wanted to shoot on location in like. Iceland and also New Mexico and also, you know, wherever and also Argentina, like all these different places. And you're like, is Spike TV going to make the numbers of first of all, viewers and second of all, ad sales that are gonna, you know, outweigh the cost and definitely it was not.
0: Yeah, you can shoot. Uh, I think the I-5 looks a lot like Mars, right? Doesn't it? The I-5, where um, we are right now? Right
1: now, it's yeah, it's definitely a wasteland. A wasteland. A wasteland <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of projects like that where um, everyone gets very excited about, like, you know, their favorite book is going to be turned into a TV show. But, like, it's so expensive to make. And you want to make it right, you know? Like, sci-fi does a lot of shows based on uh, comic properties or something like that where I get so excited for it. And then it... They don't give the amount of budget to, you know, visual effects or something. Like, for instance, um, Powers? That's on... That's on
0: the uh, Sony PlayStation. PlayStation.
1: Yeah. Um, I love that comic book. And I tried to watch it, and it was not great looking. And it's because, first of all, PlayStation is, like, not an actual network that knows anything about production. And... It just... I don't know what happened, but, like, the visual effects were were not good. Um, but I think that the, the interaction between, like, you know, the people at the network, I guess, PlayStation is a network, who might not have, like, the experience with the very experienced, like, Lion producer who was on the show, who was trying his best to give a certain amount of n- dollars to the right amount of people... Um, it, it just didn't work I out. Don't, I don't know what
0: happened, but... Um. I also remember, like, even on, on Netflix shows, like, yeah. the uh, fourth season of Arrested Development. I, mm-hmm. I still remember this, that kind of, like, a scene with all the actors near, like, I think a port that's meant to be, like, kind of, like, at the end, at the end of scene three, and virtually the entire scene is just, like, green screened. Yeah, and, and, like you can tell, yeah. And, and you
1: can tell, yeah. 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 Well, also, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these new streaming services aren't people who came from productions. They don't, you know, like Amazon, like that's like a website, like that's like a technology property. Like they took people from real networks and real studios, but like it's, it's kind of still in the, the stages of like growing pains
0: is there like a pushback from them or is it just like they they don't necessarily understand the intricacies of like line producing? And then I don't
1: know. Yeah. I mean, I, like, no offense to any of these people. Like, this is
0: this is yeah, just, like, this is like, just, just, like crapping. Oh, don't worry. Uh, you, you I haven't listened to any of my prior episodes, but I can tell you we've already made a, a long oh, list really? of enemies, Ooh. including um, Robin McKee from Story. Oh, no um uh Aaron Sorkin I think at some no. point uh Matthew Weiner also I mean we just like we were just bashing on everyone at this oh, point God. so it, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. uh what are, what are the consequences mm-hmm. really uh I heard
1: a, a great story about Matt Weiner um uh firing a PA because he heard that person talking about how great a different show was oh. like that wasn't Mad Men and he was just like no like you know, that person needs to leave yeah that's Very funny talented Very, uh, I'm sure he's great, but um, yeah, yeah, he has a reputation. But what are you talking about, Sorkin? I love Sorkin,
0: it it wasn't bad about Sorkin, it was more about like we were talking about dialogue and and how he can be quite repetitive.
1: Gotta walk and talk, like, there's no other way to make a scene interesting unless unless you're walking somewhere. (laughs) In
0: there, uh, did you ever see that uh, Aaron Sorkin like montage of like oh, I mean, like this like YouTube montage of all the Sorkinisms, uh, where uh, someone basically went through like all his shows, and he, they basically cut every, like, he has, like, very specific, like, idioms or yeah. whatever that oh, yeah. he, like, reuses over and over again, and is this, this person that made this montage of, like, literally, like, all shows from, like, you know, the newsroom, West Wing, oh, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. and <laughs> it's the same thing repeated over and over again. But,
1: like, Sports Night, like,
0: changed my life. So, yes, yeah, sp- like, oh, I can't, I can't you know? I'm, not, I'm not a hater on Sports <laughs> Night, I love Sports <laughs> Night. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to budgeting uh, what uh, what do you feel like kind of the most like expensive items that you've seen or like the ones is it like location is it more like an actual thing that happens
1: well um, very expensive is definitely visual effects um, I mean I've only this is my first show I've ever been on so um, I I don't have that much experience, but I know for a fact, like in, in budgeting, there's two different kinds of budgets. There's one called an amortization budget or an amort. And then there's the pattern budget. So like the amortization is like the full everything from the entire season. So like the most expensive thing that you're going to sink all your money into is building the permanent sets. So like, instead of putting the permanent set budget in the first episode, budget you know like the pattern of like how much you're gonna spend per episode it would be incredibly expensive to have that sort of that same money as a pattern so you you amortize it over the course of 10 13 episodes and then it, it's much less expensive but like you're sinking a lot of money into these permit sets and you you don't want to like say that it's based on just episode one or whatever you don't want to put it in that budget you want to spread it over the season so
0: how do you figure out like what is being distributed over a season versus mm-hmm. uh what is an episode because i know there's yeah. obviously the concept of like bottle episode right. that often happens when you have like a really expensive money. yeah when you <laughs> of
1: <run> money, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly and you have like this expensive like battle sequence yeah. and then the next episode is just like three people in a room like how, how does that happen
1: well, yeah, I mean, that, that happens because you, you spend all your money on, on one battle episode. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a conversation between the showrunner, the line producer, and the network or the studio. Um,
0: Is it, like, more like people being taken by surprise, or do they know they're, like, they, they, they gauge the amount of money that's going to be spent in this one episode, right. and then they understand that they're um, going to have to, like, pull back uh, at some point?
1: I mean, you should. Um, you should definitely have, like, an overview of the whole season, before you go into production at all you should know like exactly what the big episodes are going to be so you can you know budget it correctly like I, then
0: how do networks work
1: <laughs> i know i mean yeah well a lot of those times you have you have showrunners who make snap decisions and you know Instead of keeping to the outline, they'll, you know, if they if they read a bad review or whatever about the first episode, they're like, we need to make the 10th episode incredible so that I can justify my job and get a second season or something. But I don't, I mean, I just know from from our season right now, like we have certain numbers of gunfights, we have a a chase sequence happening that will require like aerials, like helicopter shots, um, which are kind of expensive. And uh,
0: kinda like, kind of? Kind of, a
1: little bit. A little bit expensive. But um and it's also it takes place at night. So like you have to get it right. Um so I know that they like factored that in, definitely. Um but I also like, you know, I'm I'm a assistant. I don't have like Access to to those kind of numbers.
0: Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I should talk to yeah. Uh, sorry. Do you have like any idea of like what, what would be the typical kind of like budget for uh, yeah. for an episode of TV?
1: Well, so there's also when you're working with budgets, there's different levels of money. Um, like I just sent in um, to SAG-AFTRA a form that says, "Oh, here's the here's the accident. That's why we're in traffic." Oh wow! Yeah. Um, Basically, like, um, there's different levels of budget. So once you hit a certain number, you have to give everyone more money. For instance, on Bosch, the the number that we don't want to hit is four million dollars per episode. So we try to keep it just under that, so that we don't have to pay everyone that much money. I think it's so. I think it's four million is like the most expensive category. Um, I think we're we're between. Three and a half and 3.9 or something. S-s- like comedies are way cheaper. uh Specifically, multicams are incredibly cheap because multicams are you have one set and you have like three cameras, four cameras, I don't even yeah. know. And you're filming for maybe one to three days. Like that's it. That's per episode, you have three, like maximum three days. And our show is a nine day shoot. And not just on a stage, but we're, you know, like at a courthouse and we're at amoeba um, records and we're at el compadre like we're at all these different places every single day so that's where all of our money comes from is like you know when we're racking up that money it's it's because we're at different locations and also like you know the dp and the director have to set up every day and and it takes hours and hours of manpower and whatever so like when networks are like thinking about green something they always take that into to factor like if you're thinking of making a single cam comedy like they'll probably consider it less because it's gonna it's gonna be more expensive and when they're considering picking up like a sci-fi project like how are you gonna shoot it because you know you want to make it look like outer space but like you have to shoot it on a set like you can't
0: are you saying i can't do what gravity <laughs> did and oh wait no gravity did not shoot in outer space actually so uh did they I don't even know. uh nobody knows really except it's the photocron yeah I, I think they had like a, a five million dollar budget that was enough to like shoot in space yeah but uh, like
1: yeah it takes years though because they're in orbit yeah
0: yeah oh that's how that's how it works <laughs> uh i mean for you guys you only have so n- nine days nine yeah. days turnover per episode
1: which is actually more than most um most hour dramas like you know like a courtroom drama like maybe it would be like six to seven days of shooting or whatever like like uh certain single cam comedies will shoot like three to four days or five days. But like we, every time I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's nine days. I know that like we're, we're what's called crossboarding the first two episodes and it's a total of 18 days shooting. So
0: define crossboarding,
1: crossboarding, crossboarding is, so we have a, um, a director who's shooting one and two episodes, one and two. So, we we own everyone for those two episodes and we can cross board like you know a scene from episode two in the bosch house with a scene from episode one in the bosch house so like we're we don't have to like separate it by days but like when for example you're you're shooting an episode i mean a scene from like episode two and a scene from episode three and you're crossboarding that way you have to pay two directors it's called a double up day and you're you're paying for two different directors because you know n- not everyone can just direct that scene it has to be the same people
0: so it's basically like juggling obviously everything and also on the other directors because you, you don't want even if it's going to be on the same location you you're going to have so two directors yeah. are going to be present
1: well it can be on two different locations too so like for instance we're we're crossboarding I think it's like a Hollywood station with like an exterior Hollywood station which is like a different place and also like the directors for each episode prep at the same time as another director for another episode is shooting so like you have to juggle that too um it's a lot of puzzle pieces that's why I said at the beginning like the line producer is the person who puts the puzzle all together like they have so many different factors of like you know we need to finish writing this episode but also we're in prep on episode 1 and also we need to figure out when the post schedule is happening for this and also there's a network call and also you know like there's
0: yeah i just uh, yeah, my mind just uh, melted
1: and this is what i want to do like this is it, yeah wh- wh- it why do you, me. why
0: why does it excite you
1: it's very exciting. Well, I I like this because I mean I I was originally like pre law like in college like I wanted to be a lawyer I wanted to analyze politics and stuff and in my mind like lime producing is both being creative helping creative people and also being analytical. You know I I get exce- hello
0: oh what's up
1: man. Um, oh there's a few more um but like basically like I I love a good Excel spreadsheet like. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing is like getting organized with like different color codes and like like that calendar that I keep up like is super fun to me like like I get the new script page and I'm like well like I got it I got wow. to do these post-it notes
0: I can't like, wait until I get uh, deep into that Excel tonight
1: so much fun like yeah I like made you know the grid of like who's in each episode and I'm like let me make sure like double checking everything and like it's really fun to see like you know, this officer is in episode one and four, but he's not in two and three because he's like on assignment somewhere. Like it it takes the script and like the creative part and puts it in like boxes. And it's really fun. I don't know. To go back
0: to that, like, uh, the script side of things, like, mm-hmm. d- does, uh, how much, like, does, like, that, the spacing of it, like, affect the mm-hmm. the breaking of it? Because, yeah. like, we like we talked about, like, you know, the, obviously there's a very specific script format, mm-hmm. but every show follows different format in terms of borders, mm-hmm. margins, those kinds of elements. Uh, how does that really, fa- does it have any influence in terms of the the well, breaking of it?
1: I mean, yeah, when we're talking about, like, eighths of a page, if you have a different margin, like, that's... That's a different number. I, I mean, I can only talk about the, the margins that we use, but like, yeah, they have to be consistent. Um, and if you're squeezing, mar- like, I don't. Why would you?
0: I don't. Well, I well, don't mean, don't know yeah, it's, it's, not, mean, it's not. It's not. A co- <laughs> it's not a college essay, but uh, yeah, exactly. but but like I do it's know a that like
1: point s- font. No, <laughs>
0: what's up? Not uh, Wait, are we using uh, Times New Roman yeah. or uh, Arial? Uh, not a not a courier. <laughs> comic sans
1: One of my favorite scripts is like when it's in Comic Sans. Yeah.
0: yeah isn't, that, isn't that the best? Uh, uh. It's a laugh out loud script. Uh, just based on the font. Or like Chiller.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ch- chiller
0: font. Have yeah. you actually seen a script written in Chiller? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> those are jokes. <laughs> uh, those are jokes. I really because I have actually seen. I've actually seen Comic Sans scripts uh, in my really? life. Yeah, I have. Uh, I almost I've seen one. Uh, I, I mean, I died. I don't know if I was oh, laughing, yeah. but. Uh, your soul died a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I that's... that's really sad. Uh, but uh, anyway, but like every show has like different borders and different right. space So comment no that. comment on that? <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move, on. Let's, move on. Let's <laughs> on. let's dig a little bit deeper into the writing side. Like, I Excel spreadsheet. Excel, yeah. Uh, this well, is a different. some
1: good formulas. You got to use your formulas. Those macros? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me a good like grid. Yeah. Where everything changes based on what you like, you press enter and it's like the whole thing changes. It's the best.
0: I think I think uh, we've lost uh, 100 listeners in uh, those last five minutes. <laughs> thought,
1: like yeah, or like let's talk about Google Sheets. Like this is a whole new
0: yeah. Whole let's not. All right, <laughs> right. <laughs> moving <laughs> moving on and back to running. Uh, where are some <laughs> of the, the? Yeah yeah. I, don't, I mean I'm stuck in a car with you. Let's remember that. Uh, so I don't really have much choice. What's happening here?
1: What's happening here is um, we're still stuck in traffic. ETA eight
0: thirty six PM. Hey. Right <laughs> wow, cha- what, what was that? No, <laughs> <laughs> just a sigh, just a sigh of exhaustion. Groan. A groan. Really
1: hungry
0: and I want to eat. Then we just I eat I at Whole Foods.
1: <laughs> I, I brought some snacks uh, and I want to eat them. So <laughs> anyway.
0: we can take a break in a second. Yeah. But uh, so, what would be kind of like elements that writers? should try to avoid, like, explosions, animals, kids, exploding animals, exploding, exploding kids?
1: Exploding baby animals. Um Kids are fun. Kids have their own SAG rules where they're not allowed to work more than a certain amount of hours. You have to hire their studio teacher. You have to, like, make sure they're, you know, safe. I don't know. Other stuff. Um, it's a whole thing. I mean, I don't know if you, if you can avoid it. Um, but it's also easy to, you know, juggle, especially if you have like an experienced line producer who's, you know, on a show. Like I worked on, um, for approximately two days, I worked on the show about a boy and I like was the handler for the two babies, like the twins. And when you have to like switch them out, like once in a while because like one of them's crying and like one of them just pooped their pants like you know you you have to like you have to stop all of production because a child just pooped their pants like you like you have to understand that like these are kids and they're not like professional actors and like they're gonna have tantrums and waste your money but if there's like no no getting around it like i understand like
0: I mean, it's part of the, the narrative, isn't yeah. it? That you need to have these kids uh, crapping their pants all I the time. I mean,
1: sometimes, yeah, I'm on camera right now. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, you just fixed it in post. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd be surprised. The number of... Oh, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> what? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know
1: what the end of that joke
0: was. The number of... Titus Welliver probably pooping his pants. Wait, what? Titus <laughs> and, and and pooping babies? Like, what's happening here?
1: No, pooping his pants.
0: Oh, the number of times you had to, like, in post-fix his yeah. pants because you could see the, the the oh, my God, this is definitely... This is a
1: great joke this is that is a... just got expanded way beyond my, my dreams. Uh, anyway, what to avoid? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I work on a cop show. There's not really much that you can, like, avoid as far as, like, you know, you need to, like, work with guns a lot and, and like, different weapons. And, like, we're shooting at different places. Um, uh, I don't know. let me
0: let let me put it let me put it this way um what would be something that is deceptively expensive or vice versa like something that's not as as expensive as Mm -hmm. one may think
1: um these are great questions Uh (laughs) thank you uh deceptively expensive makeup a lot of times like hair and makeup people are very expensive they make a lot of money um so like when you're saying like You know, it's a flashback to, you know, when this person was in high school and, like, you're going to use the same actor or something. You're going to spend, like, two hours getting them ready for that scene. Or, like, it's a flash forward and, like, they need to have old person makeup. Like, first of all, it's going to look terrible. And second of all, like, (laughs) it's going to take hours of of time, like, and and money. So that's usually a lot more expensive than you would think. I don't know. A lot of the times, like you'll have a writer um, think of like a funny flash to a courtroom where a judge says guilty or something like something really stupid like that but you have to think about like a line producing perspective where you have to get a courtroom scene you have to get the production designer to actually design it like the set dresser all of these people you have to hire extras probably there's probably a jury involved you have to like get robes and like costumes for this, this you know judge or whatever you have to have like Different shots. You have to line up the shots. You have to spend hours of like lighting, or something like for one second of like a joke. It's going to be thousands of dollars.
0: Basically, saying to all comedians: never do cutaway jokes. It's a waste I of. Mean-
1: you can, but like, it it it's not usually worth it. And
0: on the on the production side. On
1: the production side, yeah. Like, you would get a lot of pushback from specifically the network, like, or whoever's money you're spending. You would get a lot of pushback, um, and sometimes you know you can defend yourself as as writers, like when something is really funny, but. Um, it's hard to, to, to determine, like, what's worth it for, like, a joke, for, like, a 30-second. Oh, I remember we were talking about in the writer's room, we were all having lunch, and we are talking about um, using, I think it was, like, Sports Illustrated or something, like, as a cutaway, as, like, kind of a funny... Like, oh, we're going through this person's items, and, like, that they just got killed, and and they have, like, a funny-looking magazine or whatever. And, like, to use that specific magazine is, like, $60,000 for, like, two seconds of screen time because you have to clear it, and that takes a lot of money. You have to, like, pay for the rights to put it in your show.
0: Yeah, can we just do like a quick cutaway on uh, like the Super Bowl? Um, just like yeah, right a quick, yeah, exactly. like five second. Uh, yeah, just clip.
1: hilarious LeBron James cameo for like a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. In
0: his
1: <laughs> yeah. uniform. In his, yeah.
0: in his uniform. With the the, the mascot and everything yeah. oh, on screen. Yeah,
1: yeah. everything that's copyrighted.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, do you have like any crazy stories, either firsthand or that you heard about uh, writers wanting like really stupid things uh, that are like super expensive or super crazy to like manage?
1: Not that I can think of right now. Let me wow! Think. Great. No, I'm unprepared. unprepared. I'm
0: sorry. All right. While you're thinking about this, let's let's uh let's talk about more of uh, of your job. What what is the the hardest thing and the easiest thing about what you do?
1: Posted notes. Posted notes are really hard. No. Um. Uh. I don't know. So we haven't started production yet, and this is my first like production job. So I don't really know. I'm pretty sure the hardest part is yet to come. Um. But right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as like what's hard for me specifically is that I don't really know all of the facets of production yet, and like I've had to ask like what certain terminology means. and then I'm not only expected to know what that means, but also like how it figures into production. So like I, you know, I was doing this this grid of like who's what actors are in which episodes because we're going to base it um, to make their deal, whether they're going to be day players or top of show. And first of all, I had no idea what Top of Show was. I had no idea, like, what any of these terms are. Um, And I didn't really understand what my boss was asking me to do. So I kept giving him sort of what he wanted and not understanding it because I just... I am not experienced in that. And he's such a great boss that he was like that's totally fine like I get it you're learning like he he is more focused on me learning than getting something immediately um, which is great Um, uh, yeah and then um, the easiest thing well I mean when I change from an agency job to production job like I don't sit on the phone 24 hours a day like anymore like when I was in an agency like I was chained to my desk pretty much not really like love my old job literally, literally chained chain. for you know 10 hours a day I was just like constantly answering my phone and like asking information like you know giving information out and now I the only calls I get are like the security guard being like is this okay that this person is delivering your food I'm like yes
0: it's always okay it's
1: always okay I don't get them any phone calls anymore and if I were to, it's because the person like doesn't have enough time to come talk to me, so like, my phone calls are pretty much all internal now. It's been great.
0: Um, how was it for you to like join? Because uh, you're joining the second season, right? Third. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, third. How, how does yeah. that? How does that like kind yeah. of transition go for you? Uh, joining something that's already you know it's in its I third season.
1: I know, yeah. Like, when you were on a pilot, it's it's all... Everyone is completely new. And especially when people haven't worked together, um, there's a lot of growing pains. And it's it can get very political, too. Like, who you listen to. And, you know, if you eavesdrop on a conversation, you tell someone else or whatever. But now, like, everyone in the third season, I think that all of the, like, key, like, department heads are pretty much the same except for the costume designer. But she worked on season two but like as like a a costume or whatever so like everyone has pretty much worked together already and they're pretty much a well-oiled machine as far as like you know they they know exactly where they're getting all their furniture from and all of their you know um they're crafty this season and there's pretty there's a lot of like institutional memory and even though i'm new like i have access to the dropbox like the files that we used last year so like i'm supposed to write all of the actors deal memos but like because I have literally no knowledge of what that means, and it is my job to do that. I can look at what happened last year and see all of those all of those files, and just pretty much replicate it.
0: Copy paste.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. You just like yeah. You just change the numbers and the person's name, which which is great. Um, yeah, I'm very glad. I'm, I'm my fir- my first season is a third season because. I'm not running around figuring everything out. uh, It's already pretty much figured out, and and you just have to change stuff. And anything I need, I ask Julia Dills.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Julia Dills.
1: Yeah, she's
0: basically doing your job for you. Pretty
1: much, yeah. She she shouldn't help me, but she does, and she's the best.
0: (laughs) You had time to think about those uh, expensive, crazy things that writers do.
1: No, I've thought of um, an anecdote wherein one of our producers that we represented. Well, there's a few different things he's done, but, like, he can't work at a certain studio anymore because he kind of pretty much falsified uh, time cards for the transportation department at one point. And he's been, like, blacklisted there. And he also, he also did a few budgets for I forget what network, but they came out millions of dollars over budget, over, like, what they thought the budget was going to be. And he can't work there either. So like, there are a lot of uh, mistakes that you make, and then you, you also get the reputation too of uh, of over budgeting and stuff.
0: Oh, you gotta be careful with that. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, what's your favorite thing about uh, line producing?
2: <laughs> um, I work in I work in development, so this means nothing to me. learning? Um, I'm learning so much. Like, God forbid I ever work in current and have to actually retain any of this information. Um, I'll just happily stay at my desk and read scripts for 10 hours a day.
0: Yeah. What, uh, what does uh, Titus Titus smell like? Mm.
2: Um, he smells like power. He smells like
1: a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, I've met him once so far. He came in wearing, um, <laughs> okay, wait, Chelsea, you're going to love this. He came in wearing army pants and flip flops. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to wear army pants and flip flops. Um, no, he's, uh, he's awesome. Um, He made these shirts last year that, um, there was like a scene in last season where he's like saving his, his ex-wife and daughter and he has like, um, like an Uzi or something. And so it's like a print of him with the Uzi and it's like a Shakespearean quote, like something about like the dogs of hell, like unleashing the, the war dogs of hell or something like that. And like, he gave it to all of the crew everyone was like, "Do I have to wear this?" Like, wow. like, was,
0: it, was this like a crew gift kind of yeah. thing? <laughs> it
1: was like his personal crew gift was like, "Here's me as a badass." <laughs> like, yeah.
0: How many uh How many people in the crew do you think uh, are wearing them right now?
1: I I have one, and it's and um I don't know there was a box of them when I started on season three. Ooh. <laughs> and I took one. It's I mean, a great shirt.
0: Uh, how 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 much on eBay?
1: I don't know. I should put it on eBay. I bet there's a, a big Titus as well over fan out there who would want it. If yeah. you're listening. If you, if you find me to. on Twitter at I don't even remember my name.
0: Yeah, I was going to actually we're going to conclude with me asking you, like, have you figured out in that like one hour we've been talking? Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's, what's
2: Chelsea. She'll let me know. <laughs>
0: like, Chelsea. <laughs>
2: I'm also Maggie Herman's personal assistant yeah. as I'm, like a side gig. I'm
1: available via mail, like the U.S. Postal Service.
0: <laughs> what's your what's your physical address? No, not happening. <laughs> not happening. Also, good news, guys. Uh, the i5 has cleared oh up. Oh uh, So
1: excited. This is like not Mars anymore. Well, maybe a little bit. This is great. Yeah. What? How much more time?
0: All right. Uh, we still have one hour and fifteen minutes left. Jeez, I don't to uh, but uh, but we're gonna conclude this right now, and awesome. Uh, awesome. Well, Maggie, Maggie is so relieved. Can I think. Get, like,
1: 15 more minutes just about Excel spreadsheets.
0: Just about Excel spreadsheets. We can do like a off-the-book, like, like a, spin-off podcast yes. called, uh, called Excel Team. Doing, do,
1: in the sheets. Yes. Something, <laughs> about, something about the sheets. I don't know. Between the
0: sheets. Between the sheets. Between the sheets. Uh well it be your
2: autobiography. Like, between the sheets and the Maggie
1: Herman story. The <laughs> lady in the street. But, uh, I, something about the sheets. I don't in, even in know.
0: the Excel sheets. Wow. Uh, and on that note, uh, thank you for listening to this one hour of a conversation about uh, Excel spreadsheet.
1: Hold, holding on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, you can always leave us a review about oh spreadsheets uh, at uh, paperteam.co.com slash iTunes. That's paperteam.co slash iTunes. I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. Where are you on Twitter, Maggie?
2: Who knows? Who knows? Can <laughs> I give a shout out to my mom? Because she's definitely listening. <laughs> What's up,
0: Katie? What? What's, it, what's my up? Mom, Ke- who
1: called me during this
2: podcast <laughs> and
1: left me a voicemail?
0: Can we listen to the voicemail right now? I'll
1: we'll call you back. No, because it's probably cute. Like,
0: oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, usually I inform the, the listeners what uh, we're gonna be talking about next week, but uh, I have honestly no idea at this fix point. It and fix and post. So uh, we'll yeah. fix it in post. Maybe it's I'll record talk some.
2: To me next week, or probably don't talk to me like <laughs> ever <laughs>
0: again. I probably will never. Titus Oliver next week. <laughs> oh yeah. We, so next week we're gonna be talking about Titus Oliver's, um
2: Two Titus.
1: About
0: Titus Walliver. Yeah, it's it's Titus Wallover about Titus. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Titus about That's Titus.
1: podcast, actually. To Titus about Titus. From
0: Titus. Titus on Titus?
2: Titus on Titus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I know uh, goodbye. <laughs>
2: okay, bye. Bye.